And now, another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. Marcus, what happened? I was changing my oil and I spilled some on the floor. Oh, we'll use these $50 bills to wipe it up. Perfect. Got any more? Yeah, yeah, take a couple hundred. Stop. Instead of using money, use an old rag. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Hello, everybody. Christian Harloff here from The Big Thing, from the Christian Harloff channel, from Sith Council. Guess what we're going to do? The Big Thing Patreon officially launches on September 1st. Now, here's what membership is going to get you. You're going to get exclusive episodes of The Big Thing, Sith Council, the Rewatch series, plus weekly editions of SEN Live, Brett and Kate's Playdate, and much more. So you can sign up now at patreon.com slash schmodown and drop a comment and tell me what perks you want to see as we grow the community. So check out The Big Thing weekdays on Spotify, Apple, anywhere podcasts are found. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Howdy, everybody. Howdy, howdy. We're, um, we're doing a special Sith Council episode again. It's not special, I guess. I mean, it's always special. What the hell am I talking about? But it's it's it's. Wednesday and it's going to be full questions and if you notice I'm wearing the same thing I did last week why is that because we taped them on the same day because you know we're doing stuff and I wanted to make sure as we were getting into we're leading up to Andor man a lot of questions you guys had asked some great questions and I want to get to as many as we can today it's going to be full on kind of Q&A and it's me and Steph so we'll be um, we'll be taking some more of those wonderful questions that you've submitted. We'll be answering them, and then we'll be getting ready. I'm so pumped for Andor. I can't even tell you. It's amazing. All right. Subscribe, everybody. Let's get us to 70,000. We're getting closer and closer and closer. Uh, end of the year, 70,000. Can you get us there? That's that's the goal. If you haven't done it already, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found, let's do it. Sith Council, bring it. I can All right, everybody, welcome back. Sith Council, big thing. Tis me. You, you. I didn't know that already. I'll tell you, some of these intros, they couldn't teach you these in college. So good. What's up, Steph? Absolutely killer. Crushing it, right? You're, yeah. Yeah. It's You're like, you, I'm me. Right? It's like stuff that people wouldn't even be able to figure out unless you told them. But now, now we've, we've figured it out. Um, last week... We uh, we had Miguel Fernandez on from um, Star Wars Newsnet, which is a pleasure. That guy knows his stuff, man. He really does. Yeah, he really does. It's, and it's like he has like an encyclopedia knowledge of what's going on with Disney in general. So it's like no, he does, and it's like he's well, that's his job, right? He's got he's got to yeah. break that down, and and he and he does it very very well. And it was a pleasure talking to him. So we'll we'll uh, we'll have him back for sure. Um, all right, so we wanted to get into some of these questions that came in last week that we couldn't get to and we'll fire right into them. I'm sure if, if there are stories that broke big star Wars stories over the past week, then I, whether I have already done smaller videos on them already or will, uh, that's how I'm going to have to handle them for the time being. But we did that one. We did that one last week. Perfect. Good start. All right, let's get to Eric grooms. Good start here. Do you think that Star Wars is becoming oversaturated, watered down? In your eyes, is the quality suffering at all since they've gone into hyperproduction? So I can see why someone would ask that question. 
Um, but no. And I think that we got this question two weeks ago, Steph, about you know, whether it was in trouble. And this was my point. And someone had there was like a counter to it. And it was a nice counter. But someone was when I had said that the reason why television, you have more time to you have, you have less time to sit and stew in it. Right. So if you didn't like Obi-Wan, you don't like the stuff with Obi-Wan, but you loved Andor, that's what you're thinking about and talking about right now. And if Andor delivers for you, you're like, oh, man, I wish more of the series were like Andor. I wish more of the series. I wish more of the, the quality and stuff like and then there's going to be another show that you don't like. And then there's going to be another show that you do like. That's the beauty of the television side of it, of all the different things that they're telling inside of the world. I don't think that's getting watered down. What I do think could hurt it, though, is if there's a lot of shows that keep coming out that are are not satisfying to everyone right so if you have mandalorian mandalorian season two went over very well with the fans i would say 85 90 of the people that i've talked to in, in star wars fandom that i've talked to that i've seen in this channel responding respond very positive to the mandalorian um that was not the case with boba fett and certainly there was more people watching Obi-Wan, but it seemed the most divisive out of all of them. But there are certainly a lot of people who love Obi-Wan, and there's certainly a lot of people who do not. And it was kind of split again. I haven't seen that kind of split in a while. So if they deliver on Andor and they get the audience back again, it's it's just like it's this it's a Game of Thrones. It really is. Uh, what do you think, Steph, with, with the saturation? Yeah, I don't think I think it's too early to tell. Like we've just begun begin. Yeah. began this new era just begun and so we don't really know i think that there's a fear in that for both marvel and star wars right now they are announcing a lot producing yeah. a lot and some of it's hitting and some of it's not for both ends i would say but i think that the andor one thing that was cool about just looking at different tweets and reactions to the andor trailer is that there were like specific comments that said things along the lines of because of Boba and Obi-Wan, I was feeling a little discouraged with the, this like new era of shows, right. but this trailer is like really like exciting me. And I feel like I feel that sentiment, even though yeah. I liked those shows and I, I liked Obi-Wan more than Boba. I felt like this one was like a return to that deep Star Wars connection that we have. Yeah, it's very cinematic. And I also think that we're all on the same page. I mean, for you and I anyway, about Rogue One being the best one. It's it's amazing. My my love of that movie continues on every time because it is the to me exactly what you just said. It connects the most to the original tone and feel of what I fell in love with with Star Wars. And then this might do the same. And it's so crazy because this is not the one that I was looking forward to. It was it wasn't. <laughs> and, now, and now after you see the the trailer, it it's it's the best trailer. I would say even better than the Mandalorian trailers, like the ones like not the Mandalorian season three trailer, which people haven't seen. And it's it's hard to say because you have so much connection to those characters already. But the initial and I love the first Mandalorian trailer that came out. But this is this this looks like a movie. This is like a full on movie. Does that not one point during that trailer did I ever go like I've said in other ones? OK, that looked a little TV ish. And it's my yeah. favorite. Well, it is TV. Well, yeah, yeah but that's. No, you don't be quiet. Be quiet. Yeah, I no, I. TV, it is TV. So that's not what you're. Yeah. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's yeah. not what he's saying. Yeah, I. Yeah, this looked like sick, and I. I know it's hard to tell what I liked better because it's different than the Mandalorian season three trailer. But I'll say this: there's one shot in the season three Mandalorian trailer that I was like. 
that looks volumey. Yeah. And I'm the worst at noticing that. Like I am not as good as other people at looking at that. And uh, with the Cassian uh, trailer, there's like, it's seamless. Like I'm like, whoa, oh, shot after shot. It looks, both trailers look like a damn movie. And that's Tony yeah. Gilroy, man. So I'm, uh, yeah, it's amazing how much I'm looking forward to this show now. It's, it's, and, and this might be the perfect story to take to television, the streaming, because what Miguel said last week, you know, it's not a character that you're so attached to and that you care so much about, but he can take you through this whole thing. You don't know what to expect. So, yeah. And yeah. we knew that we weren't going to get K2SO for the first season no, for a long time. Yet. And I was, I love K2SO. K2, and you do too. Like that's yeah. some of like the best Star Wars humor that he, that character brings. And I kind of like that decision now that I'm looking at the trailer because obviously it makes sense in the time wise that yeah. he wouldn't have been introduced to K2SO. But I think like we're revving up for like a very serious season one. Yeah, me uh, agreed. Now, you know, you know, what's funny is that I wonder, because we talked about it last week with the canon stuff. They have a, there's a, there, I think, I don't know if it's called, was it called Cassian? Was it called, I can't remember what it was, but it was, there were, there were, or it may have just been the K2S, K2SO comic book. I can't remember, but they, there is a comic book run where they show how K2SO and Andor meet and it's canon. So the question is, do they reenact that? Or do they just scrap it and come up with a new way that they meet? They meet. So that's that's gonna be interesting once they do because we know he's showing up. I actually agree hundred percent. I think it's much better that he's not in it yet, and I think that it's gonna when people are, are gonna be asking for the whole time, where is he? Where is he? How does how does he discover him? How does he meet him? And then when we finally meet him in in like season two, people are gonna lose their minds. So, all right, let's uh, let's move on to the next one. Will Ezra be in Ahsoka season one? I think that's a given. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's a given. What what do you think? Yeah, I think that it's only a matter of time that we get confirmation on who Ezra is, the actor who's playing yeah. Ezra, but I think I think there's no chance just it it's a rebels extension. So I, I think that that would be very weird if Ezra wasn't in it. Yeah, because there's no confirmation that it goes past season one. Is is there? No, I, don't know. I haven't seen any. I don't know. I mean, that's it is a series that could go past like i think different from like obi-wan it could it, it as you said it, it's just an extension of rebels so it could be a second one but i think more so what we we're asking was will we see ezra in season one at all or is it going to be like the lead up and the mission to find him and then you finally find him at the end of mm -hmm. season one i i don't think that i could see where you might think that but i think i think it's going to be they're going to locate him i don't think they're going to locate him in the first couple episodes I think maybe third, fourth episode they find him, and that's also when you finally introduce like Thrawn and and the adventure of it. That's that's the idea behind it, I would assume. The question, no one, you know, who no one is talking about at all is Zeb. Who? Oh Zeb. yeah, who brought up Zeb. No one brought up Zeb. No, I and I know that Zeb. he's off. He's he's off with Callus at this point, doing his own thing. Like that at the end of Rebels, yeah. him him and Callus are are like buddies, and they're going off to Love his that. home to yeah because because callus finds out he didn't really wipe out zeb's race and he thought that he did and and they, they're buddies and they're going off and zeb's callus uh, has the long locks we didn't talk about callus being in rogue uh in cassian he might he might or an andor he might very well be in that show too so um i don't know i don't know i don't know uh but i would say ezra's gonna definitely show up i just think it probably between episodes three and five when he, when he shows up 
Yeah, I think we'll get... Yeah, I think that makes sense because at Star Wars Celebration, we got introduced to Sabine, which was sick. And so that can confirm that we'll probably see her in the first episodes and then that makes sense. But I don't think we wouldn't see Ezra. Like, I don't think it'll be more than three episodes. Right. Um, Well, here we go. We just talked about this. Do we think we'll see K2SO in Andor season one? No. I I say you got about a 5% chance. I think they even said as much. They will but. The only thing, though, that is different is that there was a put there was pushback to when this show show was supposed to come out because this show was announced before Obi Wan, and this show, everyone thought this show was definitely coming out before Obi Wan, and yeah. then they pushed it back, announced more seasons, announced more episodes, pushed back filming, did all that. Now they announced that K two S O wasn't going to be in it at like D twenty three in like twenty nineteen or something or something along yeah. those lines. I can't remember when it was, but it was in that timeline. Um, so they might have changed it up and maybe the end of season one is when you first see k2so that's possible that the that the cliffhanger and the last thing you see is him meeting k2so that's possible it's a way to kind of shoot it into the next season yeah yeah i think that's possible or we'll see him in the trailer or something for for season two yeah for season two Yeah. yeah all right let's see um this is something we covered last week but we can go over it again Thanatos, should the Bad Batch season two be moved on to another day due to conflicts with Andor? Um, so my, my my thought process on it, as I mentioned last week, is yes, I do think that they should move it. I think it gives Star Wars fans a little bit of time to breathe in between Andor and, and whatever it might be, and even put it towards or even between Andor and and um and Mandalorian, put it in January sometime if you have to, push it back that far. Or push it into December. Or when does Andor? Andor ends in like November. Put it in November. Whenever it ends, put Bad Batch right there. But if they don't, my point was that the casual viewer is not going to care as much about the Bad Batch season two as much as the Star Wars hardcore fan or an animated a hardcore fan is going to is going to care. You know. So I think that even though I think they should move it, I don't think it's I don't think it's a detriment to the shows if they do air them at the same time. Yeah. I think animated shows for a lot of viewers, not us, but, or not me, but for a lot of viewers is like a palate cleanser after a yeah. show. So it might be okay for it to be after like a, a Marvel premiere or a Marvel episode. If you have that, then it might get more views, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how we feel on, on that side. So David H should we lower the hype on Andor? I remember that everyone loved the Kenobi trailers and look how that turned out. Well, all right, so there's two there's two ways to address that particular thing, right? So look how that turned out is remember uh I'm on I'm on the I liked it I, I dug a lot of it, but I was disappointed. That, that, that that's where I I lie. There are a lot of people who are on the same page as me. There are a lot of people who really liked it where I think Steph la- lands. Um then there's people who loved it. And then there's people who hated it. It was definitely the most like split out of anything that I've I've seen. Yes, if you browse around on Twitter and some YouTube channels and stuff, you'll definitely see those videos of why Obi Wan failed and all this stuff too. It was the highest rated show that they've done so far. So, um, but like I said, I was disappointed, and I think that I would rather them have approached Obi Wan in the way that I, that Andor looks in that kind of if any show should have been bleak real bleak and there were parts of it that were 
but there were still parts of it that felt, as I said before, TV-ish and a little bit CW-ish at, at times. Um, cue the Benny Hill music. But there's, but I don't think that you know when you look at that particular series. Um, as far as hype goes, I don't know. I think I think that you're right. To, you could feel that way. I understand it. But I think that there's something with Tony Gilroy, and this is a point that Miguel made last week. He wrote 1,500 pages of a script. It's pretty damn locked in, and it this this show looks like it want, knows what it wants to be. And the difference is, it doesn't run the same risk that the Last Jedi wrist, or that um, or the new trilogy in general wrist, or the or that Obi Wan wrist. It doesn't really have too many characters that you're so locked in and care about their past. And that it has that going for them. The same way that Mandalorian had that going for them. Obi-Wan and Boba Fett did not. Steph, what do you think? Yeah, I think that was my first thought. I was like, oh yeah, this is how I was so stoked about Obi-Wan. And I, while I did love the show, like I understand like it wasn't like, you know, the best thing ever to me. Right. And, but this is, di but then my second thought was this is different be for a few reasons. Like you were saying, it's not a legacy character. It's uh, when I was excited about what was in the Obi-Wan series, it was just Obi-Wan talking like literally. And it was like a shot of seeing him watch Luke. And yeah. it was a shot of him on Tatooine. Like all like, thoughts and shots that I was just excited about. This is like a different, I didn't know what the story was going to be exactly. We, had like, we obviously knew it was going to be about the Empire and like them being at the most ferocious moment in time with them. But, and you're, break, you're, break, you're breaking up a little bit, Steph. Oh, you're, you're, can you hear me now? It's kind of matrixy. Ah, uh, okay, let me try to reload and come back. Okay. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike says she is struggling with her place in the motorcycle community. Well, she says she hasn't peaked yet, but she's having a little epiphany, okay. Oh, that maybe life itself is the peak. Hmm, interesting. In my experience, I found that... Oh, so I just translate. Not allowed to have opinions. Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. While she does, um, let, I'll tell you guys, before she comes back, I'm going to tell you about Storyblocks, which Steph should get this now because for video, video is the most effective way to capture an audience's attention. And as a result, modern storytellers are always challenged with creating more video content at a higher quality, involving more voices in the process and distributing on platforms than ever before. And I can tell you, as a as a video creator, it's always about output demands, it's time, it's budget, it's knowledge, it's creative inspiration, passion, burnout, mental health, all of it. Now, what Storyblocks does for you is it makes it possible for creators to keep up with the growing demands for modern video content so that you can bring all your stories to life and you stop sacrificing your vision due to time, budget, or resources. And if you don't know a little bit, you want to know a little bit more about Storyblocks, um, and I've talked about Storyblocks before on this channel before, but I'll tell you a little bit more about them. What they do is they they exist solely to help bring your stories to life without sacrificing your vision due to that time and budget. They have unlimited all-access plan that gives you unlimited downloads to over the 1 million assets in their library. You can try out multiple options quickly and find the perfect fit so you can create more and spend less without sacrificing quality. 
If you're a member of a large creative team, a marketing agency, a media organization, or their enterprise license has their, has your back with comprehensive coverage for your entire library that enables to distribute whenever, wherever. So go to storybox.com slash big thing, storybox.com slash big thing, and take advantage of one of their many, many wonderful plans. So as I mentioned to you guys many times over before, that when you get yourself some Storyblocks or you find like, we get sponsors that we believe that our audience is going to use and utilize. And I hear all the time from the audience that, and, and it's always humbling that they had either were inspired by whether it was Schmoes or Collider uh, Live or um, Jetta Council or any of the shows that we had been involved in in the past that they inspired them to start doing video content. And I think that that's, uh, it's so humbling. And it's to me always, what I tell people is it's it's about your quality of your videos and it's your investment into them. And that's why I believe Storyblocks is so good. And that's why I, I wanted, I said, yes, we should absolutely get Storyblocks. So take advantage of it today and browse around and, and use that link. All right, she's back. How do I sound? Better. Great. Well, I'll tell you when it messes up. Okay. Uh, all right, so let's, let's see where we were last time. Did we hit this one yet? No. Have you read it? And if so, what do you think of the Shadow of the Sith novel? Um, so I, I have it, and I'm probably going to bring it on the plane with me when I go on vacation. Um, it's there right there, but I have not read it. You, you haven't read it, right? No. No, I hear I, So PJ Campbell, I'm going to try to call PJ right now. I'm going to see if PJ <laughs> picks up, and, and I'm going to ask him about his review of, of that. Now, while I do that, um, did you start playing Nights yet? So I tried to download it on my computer through yeah. Google Play yeah. because one of you, yeah, one of you messaged me. Thank you, Sith Council. You're the best people about that. I could get it for like $9.99 and it yeah. just didn't work though. So Darina's going to give me her switch okay. and I'm going to play time? it. Okay. Yeah. So I'll have a review. I'm going to start it. Maybe there's a way I can live do it with y'all. I'll try yeah, to figure something to, out. Can, you can try to do it on Twitch. And you should be able to do that. You should be able to carry it over on Twitch because you're not going to finish it right away. No, yeah. So, so maybe you start playing it. Hey, this is Patrick. Right, PJ didn't pick up. Um, but once once you start playing it, um, then what we can do is we can put you over on the Twitch channel and then you can yeah. start, maybe I can play with you and, and some other people can play with you. But like when you're, I'm telling you Steph, once you start playing, you're going to get addicted to it. No, gonna, I know. I was so, I was so ready to play. And yeah. I like, I like, I was so excited. I set up the vibes perfectly for it. I was like, I'm going to yeah. game today. And then it didn't work, but then I'm seeing Darina two days. So I'm going to, I'm going to start it. Okay, yeah. good. Start it. Right, PJ's calling me now. Let me get PJ. Yes. PJ Campbell, you're on uh, Sith Council. Oh, hey, buddy. What's going on? Um, hey, so there's a question that came in about Shadow of the Sith, which I haven't read yet, but I but I have. But I'd, I remember yeah. you tweeting out about it. You, did you finish the book? I did. I loved it. Yeah, okay. That, I know. I saw the tweet. So tell what what did you enjoy about, about the book itself? And why? Because a lot of people are saying it's one of the best ones yet. So why, why was it so good? For me, it felt like, honestly the movie we probably should have had before the force awakens mm. it really operates as episode 6.5 everything it's doing setting up the things with ray and her parents and that journey that lando and luke went on that is hinted at and talked about a little bit in rise it's so good and it's there's something that just really starts to put into perspective the ideas of what 
seven, eight, and nine are trying to convey, but five, didn't really get there. Like they're using this book to really put that out there, and it's really stood out for me. And it continues to be just really great. Okay. For that alone. All right. So I'm gonna. I'm. I was just saying because I'm going on. I'm. I'm going on vacation with the family, so I'm, I'm probably gonna. Uh, I'm probably gonna take the book with me. Oh, you have to, man. All right. I, I can't wait to talk about it with you. Okay. To be All right. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing your tweet. I, I, I stay away from the books these days because, um, I was like, I'm, I'm more so the reason I, I'm more so of a canon junkie. Right. And I like the, right. I, and I like the idea that it, that they actually play into it. But Lucasfilm has kind of showed they didn't really, they don't care as much about it. And however, even though this one is not really going to ever show up in a TV or movie or anything too, if it links together some of the stuff, then it sounds pretty fascinating. So maybe I'll check it out. I, I think this is the one time it's actually very much worth doing it because yeah. it feels like they were going, look, we know that the movies have their own issues. And this is the one time they were like, this one is really going to matter to the stuff we're doing. And you can just feel it. Like it's being done by people who really actually were like, we like a lot of the ideas, but we need to flesh this out more. It felt like catalyst. Okay, well, you got me with that one because I love that book. But what, what did you um, what did you think about the Andor trailer? Loved it. Yeah. Watched it. I've watched it three or four times already, and it, dude, number one, that gritty boots on the ground feel yeah. is the stuff that I really love yeah. about Star Wars. I I really like this period of the rebellion era. There's something so great about it, and just seeing the real sets again not that i don't love the volume the volume is a great piece of technology and i'm glad we're but, using it. but they're relying on it a little too much too much yeah. way too much yeah. and so this feels like a nice change of pace like it feels tangible it feels real and it's really man tony gilroy he gets it like there's a reason he came in and he helped with rogue one and you're, i think that you you're, be, you're being you're being nice when you say helped well, I know, but he, you know, I'm trying to be civil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he directed he directed Rogue One. Um, oh, absolutely. But all right, the great PJ Campbell, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us here today, and uh, we've got to get you on. You know, next time you're in town, you should you should come on the show. I would love to, man. Okay. You know, hit me up anytime, and I'll see you very soon, my friend. Yes, you will. All right, ladies and gentlemen, PJ. All right. Yeah, say I I remember him. I saw his tweet, and I wasn't wrong. He um he really liked it, so I do want to check it out. I'm curious about that one. Um, Stubby Juan Kenobi, very nice. Do you <laughs> think that the acolyte will lead directly to Darth Plagueis, or is the show changing Plagueis to Amanda Stenberg's character? I, I think that would be a mistake if if they if they changed if they did that. That that would be a mistake. Um, but I think it could lead to Plagueis. I think that that's the type of stuff that you don't need to do because you're just opening yourself up for more content you know people going yeah. back and forth on twitter and facebook and the fans losing their minds when you don't need to do it you set amanda up to do what they're going to do and set up the character in a way that's a brand new character is the character involved with darth plagueis and eventually lead to darth plagueis that would be great that would be fantastic if that's how if that's the introduction to and darth plagueis screws them over cool don't start changing up stuff well that's really who darth plagueis is now and that's what it's like no 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 don't do that because you just you're opening up a can of worms you don't need to open up so i hope i hope they don't go down that route i hope they go um you know with uh, having darth plagueis and having a mental involved with darth plagueis all for it 
Yeah, I agree. It doesn't need to be like this, like, oh, we got you. It's yeah, a mandala. <laughs> right. A mandala is actually Darth Plagueis. And, and then inside of that, it's not really Darth Plagueis. It's this whole idea of who Darth Plagueis was. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't no, do that. the Sith Lord, Darth, Darth Plagueis, and w when I do play Knights of the Old Republic, like the, all that stuff is so dope. Like they don't need to be like, gotcha. Like it's already there. <laughs> oh, and Darth Plagueis inside. And this is like from what they said was that George Lucas requested that the species of Darth Plagueis was Mune. In the novel, James Lucino made him Mune. Mm -hmm. He's terrifying as Mune. Like if they made Plagueis immune like that would be the way to go like and then shifting it to another human again and it's like oof oof i don't know yeah and, no. and let's stop with the damn aliens with the english accents talking basic i know that there's a few that do it i get it but let's stop with we, we did it we did it with oh so long we did that and now and and we did it with with freck in in obi-wan oh yeah uh, you know it's I like i i, I I got you. You got Zach Braff, so you wanted to hear Zach Braff. I, I got you, but it's it 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 takes away. Put the damn subtitles on for aliens, and and it's okay if if humans understand it. Han Solo understood Wookie, right? Yeah. Imagine, yeah. These days, these days, Chewbacca would talk in basic, and how oh ridiculous gosh. would that be? That'd be crazy. That's what I mean, they stop. Yeah, doing it's it. not, and we don't either put subtitles. Or yeah. we don't need to know, and you can interpret through action and behavior. Or the translator, like, or the translator yeah. they did for, when they did that translator for um for Boba Fett, that was cool. I liked like the the hammerhead or whatever the hell he was, but he was when he the Thorian when oh, he was yeah. yeah when he was talking through the through the voice box, that was great. I was like, okay, now that's the kind of stuff. Oh, so wow, it's the worst. It just ripped me out of that stupid scene. It was like within five minutes of the movie it, starting. It starts right away, and Lady Proxima sounds like a moron. It's the worst <gasps> scene. Like that first half of that it's movie. So bad. That it's scene so is bad. so bad. Oh, I hate it. Um. All right, Nick Alexander, do you think Andor includes any lightsabers? Is this show we finally see Hondo? So the lightsaber. You're going to get a surprising answer from me. Hope my answer is hopefully not. I don't want to see lightsabers in this because now Mike's probably like, what, 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 what? Did you say you don't want lightsabers in this series? No, I don't. I don't think they're necessary. Doesn't mean I don't want lightsabers in Star Wars. Dopey. Um, I, yeah. I, of course, I want lightsabers like High Republic and, and Acolyte should be all over there. Um, but but this one, you don't need it. As who, because at this point, this is five years before Rogue One, so this is what five years after the events of Obi Wan. So you know what I because you know, I I don't want to see the Inquisitors. I think that the Inquisitors would make this look weird, like the tone. Yeah, of, it's a completely different tone. Yeah, from the Inquisitors that they presented in Obi Wan. Right, unless you made them more terrifying, they they come yeah. off they come off kind of goofy in in some of the scenes when they're walking through. Like they were they're like pets. Yeah, they're they're pets like, they're, and they're not threatening at all in that series. Yeah, I'm with you though on the no lightsabers for uh, for Andor. It's not like I, no. I love lightsabers, so it would be fine. But I think that it's more powerful in a time where the people have to rise as the people yeah. without the help of Jedi because they're not even there in the numbers that they would need about to them. be helpful. It's not about them. The only saber no. that you probably see if you were going to is if they brought Vader in again, which I don't think that yeah. they should. Or if 
you know, they did have an Inquisitor, which is possible. Inquisitors are running around at that point. So that's possible. And maybe they can paint him in a different light than they did because it was, I just thought they, for the most part, were pretty wasted in, in yeah. Obi-Wan. Um, yeah. I thought they were way more effective and scarier in, in, um, in Rebels. For um, sure. We did that one already. So let's get, we'll do a couple more. And we got to do a short show to here today. Uh, if Rogue One had a Jedi as the protagonist, would fans rank it in their top three? It feels like a lot of people sleep on that movie. Um, no, because I think that the, what I've noticed with Rogue One is that Rogue One is starting to climb up the ranks for a lot of people because Force Awakens was the one that stole everyone's hearts right away. And there were definitely people who thought it was a rehash of episode four and and didn't love it, but it didn't have like any, it didn't have the type of hate and discourse that, that, uh, that like last Jedi started to get, um, which certainly has a lot of people who love that movie as well. But it, um, it, Force Awakens was the one that stole everybody's hearts and minds. But once last Jedi did come out, once Rise of Skywalker, and I said it recently when we did our rewatch, my love for or my my appreciation for Force Awakens has gone down because it just sets up a story for me that after now I know where it goes at eight and nine, so I don't really. It's still an enjoyable movie. And it's still, but it's just, I know where it goes. So I, it's not the one I choose to watch. If I, if someone's like, you can only watch one of the new Disney era movies, which one do you choose? I choose Rogue One every single time because Rogue One fits in and elevates episode four. And, and like, I would show that to, like, I did show it to my daughter. We watched it and then we watched episode four and it was like, picks up right where I left off. Mm -hmm. um, and it has that gritty feel and it has that tone. And the, as Steph mentioned before, K2SO's humor is the type of humor that really works for me in, in Star Wars. And there's not, and so, um, yeah, I think that more people are appreciating that movie. But what do you think, Steph? Yeah, I think that it came out and it was a sleeper pick because, like, the title and the characters, like, for so many reasons, this was at a time when, like, we were getting legacy characters a lot, and Rogue One was, like, seemed randomly wedged, I could see, for, like, an outsider. Yeah. And for, like, Star Wars works because you're pulling people from the 70s to now and, like, combining generations. And Rogue One is, although it does combine it, it's it's not what you think it is. So I think that you're right in the sense that, like, the more people, like, I showed it to a few of my friends and they're like, they didn't even really know about it because it's not right. like episode one, two, three. Right. It's just like right. Rogue One. And then when they watch it, they're like, this is really good. It's really good. And I think it's that really when, good. I think that once Andor puts out the first like whatever it is when, when it's completed and the first three seasons like it's going to because they said it leads right into Rogue mm -hmm. One so that's that's you're going to see the streaming numbers just you know zoom on that movie once the Andor series if the if the Andor series develop uh delivers the way we think it could Rogue One will pick up tremendously so all right let's uh let's close out with a couple here do you think we ever get Sam Witwer in Star Wars live action? And would it just be as a fun cameo extra, or could we see him get a legit new fleshed out character to play? As much as I love Starkiller, he's a talented enough to have many types. Would the audience accept him in a new role? Well, the audience would definitely accept him in a new role. Um, because I, I hate to keep hammering this point down, but the Star Wars core audio, yes, we have this core, hardcore fan base that knows who Sam Witwer is. These are, the, these are the people who go to Star Wars Celebration. They know him as Starkiller. They know he plays Darth Maul. 
It's the casual fans that make Star Wars successful, though, too. It's the casual fans that tune in. Oh, there's an Obi-Wan show? I'm going to watch that. The John Pintos of the world, right? John Pinto has no idea who the hell Sam Witwer is. No idea. And Sam Witwer is a very talented, talented dude. It's because Sam Witwer has done, you know, um, Sam Witwer is very popular and a megastar in the Star Wars community. But in the outside, he hasn't had that role that, like, if I said to my friends, hey, what do you think of Sam Witwer? They go, who, who's that? I go, he plays Starkiller. What's that? Oh, he, he voiced Darth Maul. He voiced Darth Maul, the guy that gets cut in half. No, Darth Maul came back in the Clone Wars. Like, you got to realize we are in a bubble. Um, and so anyway, Sam Witwer would be, is going to be cast in something. And I bet you it's in one of the Filoni shows. They're, they're close. They're tight. They've been in stuff, uh, whether or not, not Witwer plays an alien or something too. I, I think Witwer's a good looking dude. You should put him in like one of these smoldering roles and let him smolder and let him be. And he can also be an angry dude, you know? So I, I think that they, and he knows a lot about Star Wars. Um, former movie trivia show on Star Wars champion in the world, but you should put him. Um, you should put him in in something. I think he will. What do you think, Steph? Yeah, I think so. I would love to see him in a live action show. He's a great actor, and I feel like yeah. he has like a lot more to do other than just like voice actors do. I voice actors are my favorite types of actors. Period. But it's cool when they can go to live action, especially in the same um, galaxy. Yeah, that would be great um okay so we did that one and now this one here doo, 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 doo. okay eric Ferreira. Ferreira, do you think we're going to see some clone jedi master show up in the mando timeline uh oh i see what you're saying there's gonna be there, that's going to be on grand admiral thon's least like we saw in timothy zahn's heir to the empire books right if not do you think ezra might take that spot or see too much a fan favorite i don't think ezra's going to take that spot because the same thing i think you still got to have a lot of people who kind of rely on um knowledge of rebels which you can't going into these series you just can't but what i do hope for my my fingers are crossed that this is going to happen, and it's been rumored. And I don't know how much Filoni A has thought about this. If he tunes into the fan base and what they want to see, and sometimes he goes, "Yeah, that's what they say," but I, it's not something I'm interested in at all. So the Thrawn series that was set up by Timothy Zahn in like the early '90s that was like the first after Return of the Jedi that was Star that was your Star Wars was the people found these novels and those novels were fantastic. That was how Thrawn came to be was inside of those novels so once it became canon because it took that took place right after return of the jedi and thrawn came back and from being around the, any battle with luke and all this stuff happened and marriage Jade, marriage Jade showed up and there's a whole massive storyline so once it went canon they couldn't bring thrawn in because they were like well where the hell is he, he couldn't fit in there feloni brought him back but feloni put him in during the rebels period and not after jedi right so by the end of rebels Thrawn is away. Thrawn is gone. So Thrawn is gone after that Jedi period. So if they wanted to, they could adapt that a, a, an altered version of the Zahn novels in this heir to the Empire, big kind of mini series, almost like Endgame Infinity War thing that they could do, building up all the series like Ahsoka and um, Skeleton Crew and Mandalorian. And they and they set this whole thing up and it all and 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 even Boba Fett with the episode with Luke where he says, to, are we gonna see each other again? We might let him see him during this whole Thrawn thing and set that up as Thrawn is like the Thanos of this thing now. 
that would be fascinating. That yeah. is what I wish that Star Wars would do. Um, but I'm not gonna hold. I'm not gonna hold my breath. That'd be sick. Yeah, it'd be cool because obviously Palpatine's like the goat, but that people don't know about Thrawn, and like there's so many other villains to explore yeah. further within Star Wars that I like. And what I love about Thrawn is that he's like so meticulous and planned mm -hmm. out, and like he's not rash. Cold. Cold, yeah, yeah, cold, and it's it's like that would be really cool to watch that progress over time. Like a Thanos, what you said. Yeah, and especially it was like a mini series that came to a head, and you could put young Luke in it, and you could put everybody in it, these separate adventures, and and you could really have it come into come to head and just do this big massive event, and then you could even turn into a film. To be honest with you, they could make that a film if if I, I don't know, but I I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, it makes me bum. Here's the last one we're gonna do, and I know it's a shorter episode today, but we just had to had to make it short. Um, iDriver24, with all the announced projects being delayed, canceled, has really negatively impacted my excitement for Star Wars. Do you feel the same? No, because, I mean, if you talk about the films, you look at the films that were, like, canceled, there haven't been a lot of, I mean, let's see the films that were canceled, because there were a lot of films that had problems. I mean, even initially, this this one's not highly as reported, but there were reports that J.J. and Kathleen Kennedy clashed a little bit on Force Awakens. There was reports. I don't know how true that is, um, but there were reports. Then, the last the last Jedi seemed to have no problems. Rogue One seemed to have tons of problems because they brought in Tony Gilroy to to come in and basically direct the movie. So that that and then there were so many different changes and shifts that they had to make. So Lord and Miller left solo, but the movie still happened, wasn't canceled. Josh Trank, Boba Fett was canceled, but then they made a series. So maybe they they righted that ship one way or another. Maybe they didn't. So uh, depends on how you look at it. Um, the Game of Thrones guys, Benioff and Weiss, were supposed to do like that original show that that got canceled. So that was a, that, to me that's like the first official cancellation. Again, you could say Trank, but Boba Fett happened. So, um, so that's probably the first one. Then the other one was the Patty Jenkins one, but they still say that that's in development, right? The Taika Waititi, the video game one, is the one that's delayed. So, I think it's less about cancellations to me. And it's more about, you know, have a damn plan because it seems like, like, I think this Taika thing is getting set up for a, re it's a recipe for disaster. I, I, we think it's coming out at the end of 2023. I haven't started writing it yet. Oh, it could be coming out. Oh, you might shoot it in the volume. You might do this. Like, again, they learned nothing from, <laughs> from the previous. But what do you, what do you think, Steph? cancellations and delays don't bother me if it means that they're putting more time and effort into fixing problems seeing past right. problems like creating new things right. like it's better like you know they have all the money in the world in a lot of the sense and they could use that to just oversaturate oversaturate and people will still watch it but it's like doesn't make it good i'd rather good content agreed um and we hope we gave you guys some good content today uh, it is the Sith Council show. It's myself and Steph Sabra. We will be back. I think Jummy, Jummy, Jummy Chicks, Jimmy Chicks. We forget guy. now because he's been so gone. Yeah, he's been gone for a while, but uh, maybe he comes back. Maybe he doesn't. But either way, we'll be back next week. Um, and we hope that you will join us on the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel. Getting to 70,000 by the end. We're going to get to and or man going to get to Andor. It's coming around the corner. And then we're going to try to do that rewatch of The Mandalorian also. 
We've done a rewatch on Rogue One, so if you want to check that out, you can. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you check out Steph Sabra at The World Girls. Check her out on Twitter, Instagram, the whole nine. And you follow me at, at Christian Harloff or anywhere you want to Facebook. That's where I usually take these questions and obviously here. Comment. I try to comment back to everybody. So thanks to everybody. Thanks to Steph. We'll see you on the flip side. Peace. I can feel your anger. It gives you focus. Makes you stronger. Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our President's Day special. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.